Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to the SLC Dunk Podcast. This is your host, James. And again, I'm with Calvin Chapel tonight, uh, associate editor of SLC Dunk. Welcome, Calvin. Yeah, thanks. We're uh, just still waiting for news, but we'll find something to talk about anyway. <laughs> yeah, as jazz fans, we find ourselves, it's a cliche, but we're we're in the hurry up and wait stage of, of uh the off season, I guess. I right now is honestly we're entering the the kind of the shortest, quietest period. Well, not shortest, the quietest period of the NBA. We have uh, normally, and if especially like the last three seasons for the Jazz, where the Jazz didn't have a lot of plans for the off season. Apparently, uh, nothing was going on. <laughs> Shout out Dennis Lindsay, but <laughs> this off season is is negotiations, and I think one of the funny things to me is you know and we're on jazz Twitter. Not everyone who's listening to this is on jazz Twitter and, and follows all those things or, but there were people that thought that Danny Ainge wasn't going to be all that engaged with the Utah jazz. And I just thought that was so hilarious. Like I swear when, when Ryan Smith hires Danny Ainge, he brings him in and says, Oh, you know, don't take it. We want your like experience. We want you to sign off on things. We want your connections. We want kind of to learn how you run a negotiation you know, you'll work four days a week and and just take it easy. And there were people that thought that Danny Angel's just coming in here to coast. And then, like clockwork, he is like at in Boston, and everyone on in jazz Twitter and jazz like was just oh, yeah. mad because he had a Boston shirt on. <laughs> Little did we know that he's literally like, you know, talking to the future head coach of the Utah Jazz and right. like sitting and <laughs> literally. I think that's my favorite. One of my favorite storylines is Danny Ainge acting like a jazz spy and sitting <laughs> because if you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, Danny Ainge was sitting behind Will Hardy and Bill Simmons was mad about it. But listen, watching Danny Ainge just watch Will Hardy and how much Ime Udoka leaned on Will Hardy and then eventually trades for him. So anyways, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that us at SLC Dunk are not being given a lot of time to like relax. It feels like every day we're waiting for a Donovan Mitchell trade. And so, anyways, transition to that. Danny Ainge the spy. Now Danny Ainge the negotiator. Calvin, when is a Donovan Mitchell going to trade Trade going to happen? When do I get to write this news post, the breaking news post that Donovan Mitchell is going to the Knicks? Well, I guess you're just going to have to find all of the different people on Twitter with all of the sources <laughs> telling you that the deal's done. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how many people we can count who are uh, just just well-known enough that people listen, but not enough that people are sure if they're right that are telling us that the deal's been done. So, <laughs> but anyway, it sounds from, from the uh, sources that we know are legitimate, there have been a lot of talks. The talks have kind of cooled and then reheated and then cooled. And so we'll see what happens. 
it sounds like everyone basically expects that it will happen, but it's just, you know, we're at negotiation phase where probably debating over how many picks and which picks and how protected the picks are. And who knows, maybe there's a particular Knicks young player that, that the Jazz love, the Knicks don't want to give up or that type of thing. But whatever it is, it feels like it's getting done, but there's not really a timeline that it has to get done or not a, it doesn't have to be fast, I guess. It could go into the season. It just depends on how desperate the Knicks are to get Mitchell on their team because the Jazz don't have anything. They don't need to have him gone before the season starts. They could go into the season with him. It doesn't really make that much of a difference for their plans. People might be worried, like, oh, he might make us win too many games and we won't tank effectively. First of all, I don't think that's really a problem because this roster doesn't even have a center right now. And it's just such a flawed roster. Even with Mitchell, you're not going to win a lot of games. And then even if that was the case, teams have been doing this for years. Mitchell would probably end up having a, you know, ankle soreness or something that keeps him out three weeks or a month or, you know, the Jazz would find a way to lose if that's what they want to do. Well, it's it's here's the thing is we've kind of, we've heard so many different things. We've got the wind horse like what's going on in Utah? It's <laughs> just the all-time the fact that Utah has just been the center of this free agency when we literally didn't have any cap space. We we in draft the draft we didn't have a first or second round pick mm-hmm. and we've been the center of everything. And like the wind horse meme but like you said, wind horse has been talking about a trade uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN, who has connections here, has been talking about a trade happening. He said he thinks it's going to take some time, and they did say it might take through the summer before something actually happens. Um, it could be any day. Like, I wonder if there's just comes a point where, you know, New York just says, okay, fine. Um, but one of the things we've seen, and I've tr- kind of tried to keep a tally of, like, the different rumors that fly and what people say. And honestly, one thing I would tell everyone to do, as someone who's been doing this for a long time, as an aggregator veteran is just pay attention to like the trade examples people put out there. Pay attention to like, okay, so what if it was like this? Because a lot of times those are things, those are, those are trades people have heard. They just have, because in the past I've heard of stuff like that from pretty good sources and people and blah, blah, blah saying like, well, you know, it could be something like this. And so then they put it out there and then, you know, I don't know if certain general managers like to, I don't think Danny Ainge actually cares right now what jazz fans think. I think he cares about what's good for the team. Cause sometimes jazz fans, I wonder if they care about winning <laughs> that much over the years, but uh, like I, the, the trade that's out there that we've seen a lot of, it feels like it's something along the lines of five picks Um who knows what the protections are? That's probably what they're arguing over mm-hmm. and swaps. And then uh, who is it? Uh, Obi Toppin and Quentin, Quentin Grimes, Grimes. And then maybe Evan Fournier. And right. they get off of that contract. And that's kind of the trade that I, I honestly, a couple days ago, we saw that, that stuff. We heard PK on the radio put that out there. And I thought the trade was going to happen. After the mm-hmm. PK thing, there was that guy in New York. It's funny how, like, blue checkmark reporters, you know, 
guys that are connected to somebody. I don't right. know who, but they obviously have some connection. You know, you go that New York reporter, he's like on vacation, but he heard something. And PK, the thing about PK, and I think it's funny when people like say, oh, PK, you know, he's just a bag of hot air or whatever. He's in like the jazz organization in, in media, you know, and I don't know exactly how that is because things have changed with Ryan Smith and last year and whatnot. Right. But that guy has connections in the jazz organization. And when you listen to the what he said and then the retraction, quote unquote, Mm-hmm. It he didn't deny what he said. He just said it'll eventually happen. So I don't know. What do you? Anyways, that's a long way to ask you. What do you think about five picks, Quentin Grimes, and Obi Toppin? Well, let me talk just for a minute about um, Obi Toppin because he's my favorite part, uh, or he's my favorite prospect that New York has. I think I'm a little bit on an island there. Not that people don't like Toppin, but I think that a lot of the talk has been about Quentin Grimes, who I also like. I think he's a really solid young player. I think that a lot of that talk came up because uh, Tony Jones and others have reported that the Jazz really like him. So all of a sudden, all the Jazz fans start Googling who is this guy and what is he like, and now everyone loves him. I I love Obi Toppin for a lot of reasons, but I think that he is a serious, really good prospect. He He is older. He's 25. Um, and people say uh, that maybe that doesn't fit the timeline. I think that's fine. He's going to be a few years older than a lot of our draft picks, and that's fine. If if we get to a point where he's in his 30s and we're wondering if he's too old, then you can trade him then. But that's a lot of time. There's a lot of time between now and then. Anyway, he he's 6'9", has a 7'2 wingspan. He's an elite athlete. He was in a dunk contest. He throws down ridiculous dunks, and – not only that, but he's becoming a legitimate scorer. In the last part of the season last year, Randall got injured and Toppin got put into the starting lineup. And so in 10 games, I know that's a small sample size, but 10 games where he started and played 35 minutes a game, he scored 20.3 points, grabbed seven rebounds, three assists, almost a steal, almost a block per game, shooting 57% from the field and 43% from three. <laughs> I just think like, People are missing how good of a prospect he is. I don't expect him to be a 43% three-point shooter, but I think he can be a 36, 37% three-point shooter given a couple years. And he is just such an elite athlete and an elite scorer at the basket. He shoots over 60% from the two-point range, which is just not a thing you see young guys do. And it's not just dunks. He is a... I love Obi Toppin, and I think if I'm the Jazz, I need him in the steal. I, you know, his stats from that those last ten games are great. I mean, there are a lot of guys that get a lot of time, and they're playing against teams that are tanking. I mean, they played yep. against Atlanta, Charlotte. Although Miami's good, Detroit was playing well at the end. You know, there's some decent teams on there. Brooklyn. So, you know what? That's not something that you necessarily just poo-poo. And so, you know, he's pretty. He's an interesting prospect. You know who loves Obi Toppin? Knicks fans. Knicks fans adore exactly. Obi Toppin. I mean, and part of it is because he's like that guy that, you know, for, you know, some of us who really loved him and tanked that year we were really bad and we ended up with Dante Exum. Dante Exum, it, to me, is like what Obi Toppin is to a lot of these uh, fans. But he might be a legitimate prospect. Uh, obviously, Exum didn't pan out, but Toppin can shoot the ball. And if those last 10 games are any indication then he's a nice prospect the thing is is like i just don't want to be good next year 
Yeah. <laughs> so if, if Toppin is like, no, but I don't think Toppin is that type of player. He's, come it in. takes a really, really good player to make a, a tanking roster win games. You can have, you can put legitimate stars on a, you know, I mean, you just look at, I don't know, recent years, the Wolves have had Towns and Wiggins and other players that are legitimate players and still end up with a number one pick. You know, it's a, you can, it takes a really, really good player to elevate a team that's just that bad into, Mm -hmm. you know, out of the lottery. So I wouldn't worry about it with someone like Toppin who's too young. I hope he can get to that good, but if he's that good, then maybe you want him anyway. So I know. <laughs> if you can get a nice prospect. I think he's a nice player. And I think his ceiling is like starting rotation level, like power forward. Yeah. I think one thing that one thing that's interesting about Toppin to me, and I was kind of surprised he went as high as he did. The Knicks are not very well known for being good drafters, but he's got like that explosive athleticism. But it, sometimes I wonder if he just doesn't quite have like functional athleticism like mm-hmm. his ability to go side to side makes me wonder if he can be a solid defender um but you know if you can bring him in and let him develop maybe he can become at least average if he's defense is definitely the question with him i think his offense shows so much promise so the defense is questionable he's got all the physical tools but you know can he put it together is definitely a question mark mm-hmm. the other guy is quentin grimes who in not very many minutes, I mean, I'm just looking at his basic per game stats, uh, 17 minutes played, 40% from the field, 38% from three. I mean, solid numbers for a rookie. He's 22, so he'll be, let's see, 22, he'll turn 23 next season. So he's, it's funny, he's like almost as old as uh, Donovan Mitchell. How old is Donovan Mitchell? 25. Is he 25? Yeah, so he's a little older as well, but that's why he went a little later in the draft, I believe. What time what did he go in the draft? He went eight. Oh, no. NBA draft. I'm just sorry. This is great podcasting. 25th pick. That's right. He went late. Quentin Grimes goes late, but he's the guy that a lot of people really think is has a, lot of, has a chance to be pretty nice. I mean, they're solid numbers when you just look at his basic raw stats. Uh, pretty good. Well, and I think with Grimes, a lot of the stuff that he does, at least so far in his young career with not a ton of minutes, the things that get you excited aren't necessarily stats that jump off the page. But, like, one, he's just a great shooter, which is rare for young players, and he's already a really solid three-point shooter. And the other thing is his defense and just his – he's been able to really impress people with his defense both on and off ball, and he's he's the kind of guy that – you can see that he knows the game. He's a smart player. And these are all things that are normally come later in a player's career. So it's a, he's the type of guy that feels like he's got a really high floor. Like, you know, his worst case scenario is still a pretty good player. Yeah. He looks to me like his worst case is like a, a really nice, like sixth man. And best case is like a high level, uh, rotation player. I don't know if he's like superstar or even star or all-star, like that's what he's going to be, but I could see him being a rotation player that could be nice next to like a star, which makes him perfect for a tanking team. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing we talked about before we started it is like, what does this roster look like? It is so, <laughs> it is very clear what the Utah Jazz are doing. They are going into the season and they are going to tank. Uh, I guess we can recap a little bit, but if the jazz started playing today, 
because they haven't made a Donovan Mitchell trade. You're looking at Mike Conley as your starting point guard, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell as your two guard, Boyan Bogdanovich playing, I guess, the wing. Uh, then you start getting into the weeds a little bit here. You'd probably put Vanderbilt. I mean, you'd maybe even Vander- have to put Vanderbilt out of the center. But uh. I know because Vanderbilt's not a shooter. He's like an he goes to the rim. He's really nice around the rim, but he's not a spread the floor guy. He's a great defender. So, His offense is mostly put him in the dunker spot, but exactly. Yeah. But he's a great defender, a uh, great rebounder. So he's probably at the four. And then your pick at center is uh, who was the draft? The guy we got from Walker Minnesota. Kessler, Walker Kessler, Udoka Azubuki, or Kofi Coburn. Am I missing somebody? Uh, so, you know, you might be putting Jared Vanderbilt. Let's see. No. Go yeah, small, better. Yeah, you'd probably, if you wanted to just put the most talent out there, you'd probably have to put either Clarkson or Beasley out there and go real small with uh, Vanderbilt at the center. And that's, and that's you know, we still have Patrick Beverly on the Jazz, yep. and the Jazz have Malik Beasley. And I think one of the other things we've seen is that uh, there are a lot of teams out there that are interested in these players. Like there are teams out there that I think are going to give a first round pick for Malik Beasley. And I think basically that's what we have to be ready for is the roster we're looking at right now is not the roster that's going to be on the floor uh, opening day. I mean, it's very clear when the Jazz made that trade of Rudy Gobert that they made a clear choice. They were going into a rebuild. And it feels like everyone says rebuild now. It's like the PC version of tanking. But like like everyone says rebuild, wink, wink. We all know what you're saying. But anyways, a rebuild, uh, because like they didn't replace Rudy with anything. That's one of the things that really, when those trades happened, first the Royce O'Neal trade, they didn't get anything back, just a pick, you know? And when they traded Rudy, they got players back, but there's just a gaping hole at center, you know? And they didn't do anything in free agency. First off, they couldn't because they didn't have any cap space. So when they made the trade, by the time they did, a lot of the center prospects were gone. Like one of the guys I really liked that New York ended up picking up, actually, interestingly enough, was Hartenstein. I thought Hartenstein was like, you know, if you're trading, he's a very good player. And he's one of those guys that could like potentially, you know, his numbers, if you go look at them, are kind of nuts. And if they like, if, you know, He's one of those guys that if he got more time, if those numbers just translate to 36 minutes, then you've got like a really nice player on your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't they didn't go after him. They didn't go after anybody. And uh, and so I just think really at this point, I think one thing I, I, you know, this is just me off the fly. I think we should just look at maybe I'll go through the jazz roster with you real quick. We can do it sure. kind of rapid fire and tell me. If they're going to be on the Jazz next season, or if they're going to get traded, and if you think they're going to get traded, what for? And I'll see if I agree. So we've kind of already – I guess we'll start with Donovan. We already talked about Donovan a little bit, so maybe you can just do it pretty quick. But Donovan Mitchell, is he on the Jazz next year? He'll get traded. Could be be throughout the season, but he'll be traded. And I guess we've already talked about – I mean, unless you disagree, do you think the five-plus – It'll be a haul. I don't know exactly, but yeah, it's something around that. That's the value. All right. Jordan Clarkson. Jazz fans will hate me for it, but he's getting traded. 
<laughs> really? See, I, I don't think so. I think he's going to actually be on the Jazz next year. See, Although, I just don't know, see a reason for it. You, like, if you're if you're going into a rebuild, wink, wink. You know what are you <laughs> what are you doing with Jordan Clarkson? He's uh, how old is he? He's got to be getting close to thirty by now. Uh, Jordan, he's, what twenty eight maybe? Clarkson is. Oh, he's thirty. He's thirty. All right. Can I just t- say one thing? Mm-hmm. I actually think Jordan Clarkson. They should just put a army helmet on his head and just call him Tank Commander because I want him shooting 20 times a game. And I want him to earn sixth man of the year on a tanking team. That would be hilarious. But well, he he shot at 30% from three last year. He was not an efficient offensive player all year. And it was actually one of the bigger things that cost us a lot of games. That hurt. That Clarkson shot us out of a bunch of games where the year before he was a weapon and he was shooting like 36% from three, 30% last year. It was his second worst season from three. And he just was, I mean, a high volume too. It was, it was bad. And so that's why I think maybe just keep him. Uh, I mean, you do have to field some sort of roster. Yeah. (laughs) I just... When I'm thinking, if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm saying I'm trying to reset this roster, get as many picks and prospects as possible. I've got this 30-year-old guy who just won six man of the year, and everybody wants everybody wants a six man who can score like that. I can get a first round pick from him. So what am I going? Why would I keep him? What's the what's the purpose? Is that's true? Like we're not trying to win games. He's a good enough player that. You know, that's he's his value is for a team that's trying to win. So I just don't I don't see you his value is for getting a first round pick for us at this point. That's true. I mean, and I guess I'll just say he's a he's low key tank commander player. He also is very bad at defense. He's not yeah. a good defense. He could He'll it would be very fun. Man. I would love to see it. I would love to see the <laughs> 30 shots a game Jordan Clarkson see if he can put up 25 and <laughs> go for an all star bid. I have to say one other thing, and this might be a selfish thing as SLC Dunk writer. It's nice to have a player like that to just have fun with during the season, during a tanking year. You need guys that you can just like appreciate, you know, like Trevor Booker back in the day was like my guy and him slapping Roy Hibbert in the face. (laughs) That was amazing. That was what we needed at the time, just as writers. All right. So you think he's gone. All right. And I do think you could probably get a first for Jordan Clarkson from you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know, like the Bucks or some team like that. that Someone who's trying to win and they want some scoring, they're going to be willing to give it up. Exactly. Some team like that that's contending that gives you like a 25 to 30 in that range first round pick. Uh, let's see. Bojan Bogdanovic. <laughs> He's gone. I mean, <laughs> Danny Ainge is going scorched earth and I'm following him. <laughs> I, I just, think that this, I agree. What, but what is he getting you? What is Bojan Bogdanovic getting Bojan's you? Bojan's a valuable player. Like, He's a 6'8 power forward who shoots 40% from three, can put up 20 a game, did it just a couple years ago. He's an efficient scorer. He can score in the post. And even in the playoffs, he shows up on defense. Doesn't do it so well in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he he puts in the work. There's there's not a team in the league that doesn't want a player like that. And so, you know, if you're a team – like you said, the Bucks or, you know, whoever's in the playoff race and they just feel like they, they're missing one more piece. He's the perfect complimentary piece to put on your team. Doesn't have to be the number one guy, but he can be a great number two or number three. So what he gets you, I mean, it's going to have to be someone with some salary and then there's got to be at least one pick involved. See, I'd love for him to be like, to me, it just seems like only a matter of time before he's on like the Denver Nuggets or something like that. But like I a reclamation guy that's just kind of fallen off. That's see, that's what I would love too with the tanking years. Just go get all the guys out there that that just didn't perform the way they should have or that you thought they would. See yeah. if they can figure it out with Utah. Get some minutes that maybe they're not getting. Uh I don't know. So anyways, I mean idea. That's uh we were talking in the group chat earlier about Colin Sexton, who's a, he's a guy who was putting up some big numbers in his second season, then had an injury. And now there there's reports today that the Cavs and him are not really close on their extension or their uh, re-signing offers, you know? So he's a young guy who has potential. What if you work a sign and trade there? The Cavs are trying to get back into the playoffs. They, they would love a Bogdanovich. Can make sense. Yeah. He'd be a nice fit in Cleveland. I the question is, do the Jazz want Colin Sexton? Because he is actually a pretty solid player. Uh, I don't know. I think it depends on the salary, how much he's going to get paid. Because they don't want to get anyone who's going to take up a significant amount of salary. They they don't want RJ Barrett in the Knicks trade just because he's going to have to get a max contract. So if you can get him for a deal, then I think they'd want him. But if not, maybe they pass. Yeah, someone like that, or if they can get someone's rookie that's just not playing and assign and I, I, you know assign and trade with someone on a that makes me want to do an article like who's a rookie out there that maybe would be willing to do an overpay sign and trade I don't know it's interesting all right Mike Conley Jr. <clears throat> well I don't think there's any doubt the Jazz will want to be trading him the question is if there's a trade there that makes sense. Um, so I would, I'd probably say he stays. He's still on the team, but I love Mike Conley, and he's still a really good player. He had an awful playoff series, and so who knows what people are thinking of him now. 
But if teams want a veteran player who can hit threes, who can run an offense, there could be a team out there that's looking for that. Maybe even a. I heard I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast today. He was talking about the Orlando Magic and saying maybe in their, uh, you know, as they're coming up with their young team, trying to get them to learn how to win, maybe what they could use is a veteran player like Mike Conley that he brought up. Maybe they they work a trade there so that he could help them learn how to win and, and how to run an offense. So there could be a trade out there. And if there is, I think the Jazz don't hesitate to make it. But uh, his value has just gone so far down in the last six months that I don't know what there is now. See, I think he could be nice for someone as like a sixth man coming off the bench. I I like that idea of Orlando, though. If like Mike yeah. Conley comes in and he plays off of Paolo Banchero and he's just a guy that hits because he's still a lights out shooter. At least mm-hmm. during the regular season, he's a guy that helps you win games that way, and he's a guy that knows how to play. He can run a pick and roll. He can uh, do a lot of nice things. So actually, I could see Mike Conley on a team like that with like a big wing. I mean, honestly, the Dallas Mavericks. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the Dallas Mavericks at some That's point. That's an interesting here. one. I mean, just like uh, just some. I don't know. Like, could we get Josh Green from the yep. Dallas Mavericks? You know what I mean? Actually, oh. Did I just call the trade? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, someone like that, because I don't think that Danny Ainge is not in the business. He's not, you know, he's not doing Dennis Lindsay's favorite thing and giving up first round picks to actually trade right. good players. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I have to throw some barbs. But like Mike Con, like he's going to at least get something. He's not going to give something to give Mike Conley away. Mike Conley does have value. I'm not a big Mike Conley fan, but even I am like, well, he has value. Like, you can do something. And so I think like something like that would be pretty cool. I like Josh Green. I actually drafted Josh Green in the SLC, the SB Nation draft for the Jazz. Yeah. Uh, the draft we picked Udoka. <laughs> was it Udoka that we drafted? And so I, yeah, I don't it know. was that one. <laughs> Someone like that who has shown a tiny bit of promise. He hasn't been as a good a shooter as I expected him to be. I thought he'd actually be a pretty solid shooter. And so someone like that who doesn't get a lot of minutes because there's a lot of – I mean, Josh Green's not getting time over Luca. obviously. He plays kind of a similar position, but, he, you know, Luca's Luca. And then you've got – you know, you had Jalen Brunson and stuff. So I don't know – Jalen Brunson's gone, so maybe Green gets some time now. But with Jalen Brunson gone, I could see them being interested in having Mike Conley uh, and be someone that comes off the bench for them and – and run some pick and roll and plays off of Luca at the end of games and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I, I could see something like that. And if they don't want to pay Josh green, I think the jazz would be interested in something like that. Uh, I don't know. I think Udoka as is going to be on the jazz next year. I don't know what his contract situation is, but I assume he's going to be playing for Utah. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, Patrick Beverly. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> He could stay, but if there's any, if anyone's going to be offering any sort of draft capital for him, they're going to take it because he was only in the trade to match salary. He's not here for the, he's not here because they wanted him. They're here because they wanted, he's here because they wanted picks. So actually, we just mentioned it. Another perfect guy to go to Dallas. Yeah. That uh, could make a lot of sense. I, that actually makes even more sense than Conley because he can play off of Luca. He's going to help and, you more defensively. And he yeah. is, a, he is a, a solid three-point shooter. He's just a spot-up three-point shooter, but that's all you need when 
yep. you know, Luca. So actually, I, I would be surprised. Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh, I guess, I guess you tell me. I assume he's on the Jazz next year. Yeah, I don't see a reason to be. I don't think he's got the value to be getting any sort of first round pick. So you just you hold on to him, see if he turns into something. And if he doesn't, then you just don't resign him. Exactly. Uh, Jared Butler will be on the Jazz next year. Absolutely. I would bet my life on it. Rudy <laughs> Gay. All the rumors that Rudy Gay was kind of, kind of a jerk. It sounded like. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. If you listen, I don't know if anyone on here was listening to that Twitter cast that was the beat writers that, you know, Tony Jones, Andy Larson, uh, they did that Twitter chat that was fun to listen to. And one of the things that was interesting was Tony Jones kind of spilt the tea a tiny bit about how Rudy Gay was just such a, just a lot of frustrating things in terms of being a teammate and not a very, and lots of like, he wasn't Win Snyder and yeah, vocal and, arguments in, in games in the locker room and frustrations with the team. And, and we don't know all the ins and outs, so you know, but I assume Rudy Gay is not going to be on the Jazz next year. But there might not be a suitor out there because I'm sure the word is out that he was frustrated. You know, who he kind of makes me think that who he might play for, unless he just doesn't play for the Jazz and he's just on you know, on payroll. Yeah. <laughs> like it seems like a guy that would go play with LeBron in LA or something like that. I don't know. They don't have any assets to give us, but I think if there was a trade there, I don't think the jazz would mind if they got some sort of young prospect. I think they'd be willing to send him yeah. over. I think Rudy Gay's value is so far down in the gutter. He is, I mean, he's old, he was playing well in San Antonio, but he came to Utah and was awful, got benched, got mad about it, and he's on a far too big of a contract for his age and his productivity. I just don't know who's going to want him on this contract. So if there's a buyout candidate for the Jazz, it's Rudy Gay. I don't know if they're going to do that because I don't know if it really matters to do that right now because they don't really need to be shaving salary unless they're trying to sign someone big, but – I don't think that's happening. So I I bet he rides the bench, maybe gets some minutes. He's the tank commander, maybe. <laughs> um, if there's a trade there, there's there are some talks of including him in a Donovan Mitchell trade to make some salary work, which could yeah. happen. But if you're trading him as the piece, you have to give up something. You don't get something because he's he is a negative value player right now. So what if we trade him? Here's a trade proposal. Trade him to the big three. For Joe Johnson. And Joe Johnson. <laughs> Deal. Joe Johnson comes back and we just watch uh Joe Johnson. I would love that. I would adore that trade. So, anyways, hopefully we can get Joe Johnson back, trade Rudy Gay to the big three, and Ice Cube. I wonder if he's a good negotiator. All right. Malik Beasley. Is he on the jazz next year? That's an interesting one. I, I hope so. I hope he is. Um, but I this one I think is about 50-50 because he's going to have some value around the league. The question is how much the Jazz value him, how much they'd like to keep him throughout a rebuild. He's young enough that you can talk yourself into keeping him, that he becomes kind of a veteran for your young guys as you draft, and he's a solid offensive player. He can really shoot the ball. So I think that, I mean, there's talk out there that teams have interest in him, and I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't, but – 
I don't know if he's good enough to quite get you what you're, you know, an offer that's going to make you trade him. So I, I'm going to probably say he stays. I think, I think he, I think my prediction is that he's probably moved at trade deadline by trade deadline at some point, because he does have a lot of value. I mean, there's been a little bit of an interesting off court issues here and there with him. Um, he has had interesting <laughs> uh, relationship with Larsa Pippen. <laughs> I don't know. There's like a, that. <laughs> <laughs> like not that that matters or affects anything at all, but there's uh, also some other things you can Google them. There's a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of off court issues there. But what I, one thing I really liked is that he came in, he's trying to improve his image. He seems really uh, sincere about it. And I'm all about second chances and like letting someone like get things right and figure it out. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have to edit that out. I'm just going to leave it. I don't care. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, he's, he's a good player. 38% from three, 43% from the field. Uh, he's, He's just a really nice offensive option. 81% free throw. Um, I think the Jazz get a first-round pick for him pretty easily. Uh, it Like, there might be multiple teams out there. Like, honestly, the Lakers, they're, it's funny. The Lakers are a team that just needs good players, and I'm sure they would be interested in Malik Beasley, you know? If they – LeBron doesn't care about their 2027 pick. If you could somehow score the twenty, the Lakers twenty twenty seven pick for Malik Beasley, and he's a guy that legitimately is a perfect player to play off of LeBron, that can just shoot lights out, uh, spot up threes. Uh, LeBron's leadership and things like that would be perfect for someone like Malik Beasley, and and I think that would be just fantastic. Would you trade Malik Beasley? Uh, and let's see, would you trade? Here's a trade for you. Would you trade Malik Beasley? And Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt to the Lakers for two first round picks and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> and then you just you just have Westbrook on the roster like John Wall with the Rockets and just look for a trade partner. And if not, then Westbrook gets to just go into free agency the following year. I think you have to consider it. Um, if you think you can get better than two firsts by going somewhere else, which I think maybe you could, um, just because all three of those players have value. I don't know if they all three have first round pick value, but together, um, and then just taking Westbrook's contract is worth a first round pick in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it would have to be more than two firsts for me to do that one, but you'd have to consider it turning these three guys who may or may not be long-term pieces for you into two first-round picks for a team, the Lakers could end up being pretty bad in the next few years because, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with them. You never know. But you'd have to consider it. I think I'd probably ask for more than that. To take Westbrook's contract and to give up three solid players, I think I'd need three picks. But that's that's a good starting point. But those are players that could legitimately help LeBron right away. Absolutely. The Lakers would be good with getting Beverly and Beasley and Vanderbilt. Those guys fill a lot of holes on that roster. So, Well, and Vanderbilt's kind of that guy that can switch. He can be like a power forward center, played next to Anthony Davis, good defender, rebounder, helps them get that defensive identity back, Patrick Beverly as well. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. 
Uh, that brings us, we've already mentioned him, Jared Vanderbilt. He was kind of the nice young prospect of that trade, actually. I don't think they're going to trade him. I wouldn't trade him unless someone gave me something really nice. I'm with you. I, he's a guy that I hope is still on the roster because he's young and he's good. He's, I mean, his offense is still raw. There's, and maybe there's not a ton of, not a super high ceiling on his offense, but his defense is so good. I, I'll have to check, but I believe he was getting votes for all defense last year. He was, he was kind of the Rudy Gobert for the Timberwolves and kept them having a respectable, about average defense on a roster that did not have a lot of good defenders. And mm-hmm. so he's a, he's a guy who can really affect the game and he's doing that while he's really young. So I think he with the guy that's already showing that you should keep him, you should see what he can do for you, see if he can become even better. And, you know, if after a couple of years, if you don't think he's hitting the value that you're hoping for, then you can try to trade him then. But for now, I'd definitely try to give him a season here and see what he can do. Wow, yeah. And for a guy that was the uh, second round pick, <clears throat> man, it's I like those guys that have really turned themselves into something really nice. You know who he'd play really well with uh, as a kind of a inside power forward? He'd be really good with Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> <laughs> pair really nicely with him, to be honest. You know, I think everybody will pair really nicely with him. <laughs> The the way I look at Jared Van, Vanderbilt, in all seriousness, like he would be pretty good. But like he's like the way I look at him is kind of um, Lou Dort on the Thunder, who's been this player that has a lot of value for the Thunder that has really turned himself into and he got a big contract and he earned it and he deserves it. I kind of look at Vanderbilt as that kind of guy that can really show that, you know, even though he's on a bad team, you can see that he is a guy that provides a lot of value, high impact player, but doesn't because his offensive limitations, he doesn't really, he's not going to win the Jazz in a lot of games. So he's a perfect player to keep and like continue to develop. So in two or three years, when you're really starting to try to win again, uh, you can give him a contract and keep him on the Jazz and and make him a part of your future. Yeah. Um, when you're going through a rebuild, you need some guys, at least one or two guys that can be legitimate players for your young prospects you need because when you've got this top pick in the draft uh, maybe a top five top 10 pick who you're hoping is going to be a star he needs to be playing some real basketball even if you're losing games which you normally are with a top pick you still need to be playing some real basketball and getting legitimate experience and so there's got to be some guys on the team that can that can actually play and i think that you try to you try to choose the ones that are younger, like a Vanderbilt or a Beasley, and you just you hold on to them and, and try to make your team play some real basketball, help each player grow, and you're still probably gonna lose because they're still young. But that that's hopefully that's what you hope for is that you get the best of both worlds with development while still losing. So. <laughs> well I, say, I yeah. He's also really, he seems like a funny guy. Like, he seems like a guy that jazz fans will fall in love with. I thought his tweet, so when the Timberwolves put out the tweet, like, thanking their players, they've just combined them all into one picture. (laughs) And his tweet where he said, uh, we don't even get our own picture, lol. (laughs) I was like, all right, I love this guy. I already (laughs) like him. So I, 
I here's what I want for next season. I want all the picks we can. Uh, this draft has a player that has a chance to be like a Hall of Fame level player in Weminyama, and then it has multiple guys that I think have All NBA potential. Um, but Weminyama has a chance to be like that guy. And so I don't know if there's a way to trade to the one. If you don't get the one, I don't think you can trade to get there. But um, Utah is going to accumulate a ton of first-round picks. And so maybe it's not necessarily this draft you're able to trade up. Like, maybe you can get to number two. If, like, let's say, you know, the Jazz are terrible and they get two teams jump them and they find themselves in, like, the three or the four spot. But they just really want Scoot Henderson. Like, maybe you can say, here's three first-round picks and the four. We'd like to pick it two, you know, and we want Scoot Henderson. Um, you know, something like that. It's a nice – it's an incredible draft, by the way, guys. There's yeah. a reason Utah is, like, hitting the reset button. They're going to be bad next year. Donovan Mitchell is going to be traded to the New York Knicks or some mystery team that jumps in with a crazy offer, kind of like Minnesota did for Rudy. Um you know, it's that's kind of how I see it. It's either going to be New York. I mean, I'm 90% sure it's going to be them, or some team comes in out of the blue and just blows you away. Like, you know, maybe the Bulls come out of nowhere and just throw like a crazy, you know, five six picks unprotected stuff like that. You know, you never know. It some something wild like that could happen. But uh, until then, we'll find out. This was really fun. I think that's. I think that's pretty good. So, okay. Uh, anything, anything else you wanted to add? Any predictions? Anything else? Or no, I think that pretty much covers it. I think we're gonna, just gonna have to wait and see how much, uh, how many of these players get traded for picks. And I don't know when we're gonna know what this roster is gonna look like, but it's probably not soon. I know. We what we're talking about now. I mean, that's what that's the thing is the roster today, and even like in a month might be just super different and then just come opening day in like october i mean let's see we've got we're in the slow season right now and so we'll try to do this podcast next week although there may not be a lot going on um we'll see it could be wild that's the thing we've got danny Ainge, so you never know but we're like july late july we're almost august training camp's not that far away we've probably got four weeks until we start getting training camp things going on and so on so we'll see but we're going to try to keep doing this regular it's really fun especially during the season because there will be things to talk about even with a tanking jazz team it'll be a lot of fun well thank you calvin yep and guys if you haven't already uh subscribe to the slc dog podcast if you're listening to the podcast if you're on the youtube channel make sure that you like to subscribe to there and go to slcdunk.com every day guys if you're not do it because you're missing out it's the best blog out there for the Utah Jazz. Anyways, guys, we will talk to you next time.